0: Hey guys, what's going on? My name is Dr. Colin Zhu and thank you so much for being here with us. This is the Thrive Bites podcast and welcome to season five. Here we talk about three things, plant-powered living, enhancing emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And I interview the most passionate guests here, ranging from physicians to coaches, to dietitians, to entrepreneurs. And my hope is to give you really informative and high-valued conversations. So please, follow us here on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and wherever you hear your podcasts. Come on in and I can't wait to see you inside. Hey guys, welcome to this episode. Um, I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Stephanie Peacock and she is a great, great guest. Uh, not only is she a uh, former uh, athlete, uh, she is a, uh, you know, multiple, multiple, you know, awarded national world and uh, uh, swimmer. Uh, she um, is a great wellness champion. She's, she has a doctorate in chiropractic. Uh, she is a wellness coach. Um, she is doing really, really big things. And, you know, we talk about low um, toxic living, Um, I think it's very important to understand um, what is going on in our environment, um, both inside and out. We talk about plant-based living and nutrition um, in regards with uh, athletes, uh, what to look for, what to not look for, what what to not pay attention to. Um, And she just pretty much chronicles um, her overall uh, journey. Uh, as a athlete and now uh, a wellness coach and uh, a doctor on chiropractic uh, medicine. And uh, you don't want to miss this. Uh, Please stay tuned. Okay, guys, well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. You can be anywhere in the world, and you decided to take a few moments out of your busy life and schedule to join us, and I am so, so very, very appreciative. Um, So today's guest, I am super, super uh, stoked on. We have a great session uh, for you today. Her name is Dr. Stephanie Peacock, and she is a chiropractor and health coach. Based out of Orange County, California. Um, And her passion is educating her patients on how to live their most optimal life with nutrition and low toxic. Uh, living. Um, She is a huge advocate for plant-based diets, uh, which will um, inevitably decrease inflammation in the body to allow us to function at our highest self. She's uh, uh, been a competitive swimmer for 16 years and has developed her own advocacy for a healthy lifestyle. Um, She has won the national championship in 2012 um, in 1650 yards. Freestyle broke the longest standard record in the NCAA books and won multiple Atlantic Coast uh, conference titles throughout her college career. Uh, a few other accomplishments uh, worth noting is she is a two-time U.S. Open gold medalist and record holder, four-time U.S. Uh, national team member, three-time World University Games gold medalist and record holder, 2016 U.S. Olympic team all Uh, Alternate in the 800 meter uh, freestyle and multiple top 10 fastest historic swims. Man, if that (laughs) wasn't enough, uh, you know, she is a, you know, uh, she graduated with her doctorate in chiropractic at the Southern California University of Health Sciences, did her uh, residency in True North uh, Health Center, which I'm super stoked uh, about uh, asking her on and uh, she does uh, wellness coaching. And uh, so without further ado, I can take all episode to talk about her. I'm just reading her um, entire resume, but without further ado, Dr. Stephanie Peacock. Hey, how's it going?
1: Hey, uh, thank you, Dr. Colin. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast and for the amazing intro. <laughs>
0: Uh, I, uh, I, yeah, I'm just reading and I'm just like, oh my God, it keeps going on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. I'm super excited to be here today and to be on the podcast and talk about all things, holistic living, plant-based nutrition, water fasting. So I am really happy to be here. All
0: right. The, the pleasure is all mine. The privilege is all mine. The honor is all mine. So, and I'm really, really stoked you. to, you know, have someone like yourself, you know, be on the show and, uh, let's get straight into it. Shall we? Yeah. Sounds great. Um so I love uh listening and hearing and sharing um my guest's uh, origin story. And so for yours yours is very very colorful, right? You wear many many hats. Um I feel like, you know, a lot of um a lot of these great uh lifestyle providers and practitioners mm-hmm. are doing nowadays because it's almost like you kind of have to, you know, it's kind of, you know, I don't know what it is about you. I don't know if it's curiosity, passion, or just born out of necessity to wear so many hats. But, you know, I definitely want to share your point of view. But, you know, you're not only a plant-based nutritionist, you're also a wellness coach and a chiropractor. So before you have, you know, juggled and, you know, balanced all these amazing, you know, hats that you wear. How did it start from the beginning? And, you know, what kind of, you know, challenges did you face along the way to kind of set you to this point?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I do wear a lot of different hats, that's for sure. (laughs) Um, So it all started with my swimming career. So I swam for 16 years, like you had said in the intro, um, and the longer that my swimming career progressed, the, the better I got, the more accomplishments I was gaining. And so actually, after I graduated from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill in 2014, I decided to keep swimming till the next Olympic trials to try to make the Olympic team. So I actually just dedicated those two years of my life instead sort of, you know all my friends they were going off to, you know, uh, get a degree in, you know, something else or start a job and all these different things. I was doing something a little bit unconventional, which I think has always kind of been something that I do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so I just decided to keep swimming and I'm so happy I did because it opened so many doors and it kind of gave me more of this idea, just kind of be able to think and feel out what it is that I really wanted to do after my swimming career. And so I was actually after I graduated from Chapel Hill in North Carolina, I moved to Florida uh, for a year just to be that's where I'm from. So I moved back mm. home to train. It wasn't really cutting it for me. I was training with my old uh, swim coach and, you know, I felt like I needed a change. And so I decided to move to California to swim with the Mission Bio Natadors under Coach Bill Rose. And he is a multiple Olympic time coach and he's just absolutely amazing and I was a distance freestyler so he was specialized in that so I was like all right let's move let's do this move to su- uh, Southern California and so moved there I mean it was the absolute best decision I ever made he brought out the best in me and um, I ended my career at the 2016 Olympic trials getting third and um, the, they take the top two to the Olympic team so that's why mm. I was the alternate um, but you know at the time it was obviously very you know it wasn't Super upsetting. I was prepared for it, whether that was going to be the outcome or not. I knew that I had given it everything that I had, but you know, still getting third, I was like, "Oh, what a bummer! I missed out." But I was like, "Well, I I felt I could feel like something in my bones that there was something greater out there for me." So uh, I had a lot of coaches tell me I should keep swimming another four years. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can keep in twenty years of swimming." I was like, "I think I need a change." But I, I knew I always wanted to help people. I'm a people person. I just love to be there for my friends and family. So. Um, throughout my swimming career, I had a couple different chiropractors that, and they're not your typical conventional chiropractors that just, you go and you just get adjusted and then you're done. They actually worked on the muscle, the fascia, the tendons, everything, the nerves. Like, I mean, they were so well-versed in the anatomy of the body. And I was so intrigued during my, well, it was like, usually it was probably the last like three years of my swim career. And so I was like, I should just go to chiropractic school because I love helping people, chiropractors help people. And then I will spend more time with my patients. So I was like, okay, well, let's, let's get into it. So I applied, I had all the prereqs. I applied to the Southern California University of Health Sciences, which happened to be about 40 minutes from where I lived Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: spent a few years in chiropractic school. And it was about three and a half years. And throughout my time there, that's when I discovered plant-based nutrition. Now, I wish that I had known this information when I was an athlete because that would have been a game changer, I think. Mm. So uh, yeah, so that's actually what has fueled me into doing the wellness coaching, the online nutrition coaching that I do because I love not only to help, you know, everyday like people in their everyday lives, but I really love to coach athletes and helping them transition to a plant-based diet or even fine-tuning their plant-based diet if they're already plant-based to meet their athletic needs with protein, omegas, all these different things that they might be missing out on in their diet currently. And so I discovered plant-based nutrition about a year into chiropractic school. I had a friend Mm -hmm. just bring it up to me one time and I was, you know, I've always, I have such an open mind. So when you tell me something, I will look into it and I'm always open-minded about everything. And so I was like, plant-based nutrition, that's interesting. And um, I looked into it and there you have it. (laughs) It was like, There's the research that I somehow missed, you know, for years and years. And so, you know, I was just from that day on, I threw out everything that I had. I I went cold turkey. I just transitioned Mm. to a plant-based diet. And um, yeah, and then throughout my, uh, so that was a year into school. Probably about about six months later, I was listening to a podcast, and um, I heard of True North Health Center, which is a well-renowned water fasting facility, and then they refeed patients on a plant-based diet, and I was so intrigued by this place because I was imagining the center where the center of it is literally plant-based nutrition, and all these practitioners practice that. They live and breathe it, and I was so excited about the opportunity to potentially practice there. So. Um, long story short, I applied for an internship. I did the internship, loved it. Uh, Dr. Goldhammer who runs the facility, we got along super well and he offered me a job about two weeks into the internship. So came back, packed my stuff and then moved up to Santa Rosa after I graduated from school in 2019. So it was, a uh, I graduated from school in December, 2019. So in March of 2020 is when I moved to true North and I did my residency mm-hmm. there for a year. Yeah. <laughs> nice,
0: nice. Yeah. Wow, there's a lot of um, a lot of questions um, I want to uh, unpack there. Especially, so I yeah. hit the first point first is, um, you know, discovering that you know the plant base. You know, so so I'm an osteopathic physician and chiropractic and osteopaths actually share a very similar you know yeah. origin. You know, very similar mm-hmm. you know lineage. And, um, you know, when I went to school, you know, this is how I, you know, uh, had to take so many detours um, was, you know, my training uh, didn't have it at the time, Um, you know, kind of like very, very similar to many medical school uh, education and training didn't have so. I was not as prepared as I would like to have been right mm-hmm. and you know I was like okay let me take these detours and arrive to where I'm arriving to and so for you it sounded like you discovered it sound, you know, via a friend that told you about it or was it somewhere in your studies of you know chiropractic that you discovered um, this uh, along the way.
1: So it was a friend. It was just a good friend that uh, he him and I were just literally walking to class one day. And he just he was super into plant-based nutrition and he just started talking to me about how plant-based nutrition is the key for helping patients with diabetes, type two diabetes and heart disease and all these things. And I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And um I was like, they should just be reducing their, you know, simple carbohydrate load and all these things, right? And so Anyways i that's when I that's how I discovered plant-based nutrition but uh, actually at my school they they didn't really harp on plant-based nutrition we had a you know nutrition courses um, and they, you know discussed the importance of you know a specific like a well-rounded diet but nothing yeah. was ever focused on like specifically eliminating animal products, eliminating dairy, meat, all these different things. It was just, yeah. you know, well-rounded diet. So, um, yeah, so that was definitely, uh, me and him, we were pretty much the only people there that were advocating for a plant-based diet.
0: So, oh, wow. yeah. Mm. um, yeah, because I was, I was trying to imagine, even if it's not, you know, because plant-based, you know, for that kind of institution to offer that would be very, very, um, you know, uh, pioneering in a way. Right. So was nutrition, was, did did nutrition make up a a good part of the chiropractic studies or not as much as you would have, you know, liked it to be?
1: Definitely not as much as I would have liked it to be. It was, we probably had about three to four different courses in it. So, Mm. um, Mm. Yeah, so it was pretty. It was pretty decent, but yeah. you know, I definitely did a lot of my nutrition uh, training on my own. <laughs> so, yeah. but um, but yeah, I do. It would be great if you know that could be you know more embedded into the curriculum. That would be mm-hmm. absolutely amazing, but
0: mm-hmm. not at,
1: not at the time when I was there.
0: And so, when you fast forward after you graduated, it sounded it sounded like you 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 graduated from the academic portion of it, and then you went to True North. How was having a residency in True North differ than your typical residency in chiropractic, and what and what did it, you know, what was it made up of?
1: Yeah, so actually, what I did was I did the residency after my um, after my interning as a chiropractor here. So mm-hmm. I was gonna maybe go and do it over there, like, uh, but Dr. Goldhammer, who owns True North Health Center, he actually had suggested that you know, um, because I'm very interested in a specific muscle technique called active release techniques where Mm -hmm. I work on, it's it's what my chiropractors had done to me and had, it changed my perspective with holistic care because they really were able to diagnose the exact issue that was going on with any of my muscles or my ligaments or my tendons that were going Mm -hmm. on and basically break up scar tissue adhesions that are found Mm -hmm. in the area. So I really, I really kind of sides up a lot of a lot of different injuries, and I I definitely had been injured a couple times. and that technique, saved my career. So, so sorry that was a little bit of a detour there. But um
0: no, okay. so,
1: yeah, yeah. So, so long story short, when I talked to Dr. Goldhammer, I asked him if he thought I should do my residency there, and he said, actually, since you're so interested in this technique, why don't you stay in Southern California, learn from the doctors that you're so interested in, and then bring that technique with you to True North? And so I said, okay, that's a great mm. idea. So yeah, yeah. so that's why I ended up doing my residency after there. I did a full year there. And so, um I would say the difference was here they were um, they wanted us to spend about fifteen minutes uh, with each with each patient in my internship here. And so when i was I was interning at different universities here, um, it was required by the by my university. And so I was actually at the University of California, Irvine. And so we were spending about 15 minutes with each patient, which I like to spend a little bit more time with people. Cause I'm really trying to diagnose and work on the muscles and they really wanted me to just kind of adjust, adjust and get them out of there. I was like, no, no, no I can, I gotta fit the muscle technique in and, and all that stuff. Um, so, and then, and then after that, I actually was learning under my, uh, uh, his name's Dr. Barney, Christian Barney. He works out in Irvine and he's fantastic. And he, uh, mm. so then I did the last six months of my internship here. I was able to just go preceptor under him. Mm-hmm. And that was fabulous because I was able to learn so much under him with the active release technique. And then when I went to True North, totally different because well, I was able to set my own schedule. I was set at seeing patients for about 30 to an 30 minutes to an hour, which I love because I love being able to just spend a good chunk of time with each person but I would have my morning schedule for seeing my chiropractic patients. But then after that, I was doing rounding for uh, checking in on all the patients that were water fasting at the facility. So definitely a lot different than most <laughs> chiropractic residents.
0: For <laughs> so, sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, you know, true North is such a world renowned place and uh I've uh, I've had uh, I'm good friends with uh, Chef Ramsay, which uh, I'm sure, you know, and I've had him on for a couple couple of shows and, um, you know, similar, you know, he's a classic Mm -hmm. trained chef. And then when he went there, totally changed his, you know, total, you know, paradigm shift. Um, Mm -hmm. So a lot of great things come out of that, you know, that um, that institution. Um, so that's that's really cool. So, um, moving on to the next question, kind of going back to your athletic, you know, endeavors. Um, you had mentioned that, you know, you've discovered plant-based nutrition a lot later in your athletic journey, right? And had you, uh, known about it, it would have changed the game, right? It would have been a lot different for you. Can you share with us, like, what's a typical, you know, because we see all these great athletes. We just, you know, at the time of this recording, we just finished, you know, the Winter Olympics mm-hmm. and... um you know we're looking forward to the next one as well. Um, you know I have a I have a you know a cousin um, who uh, you know what wanted to shoot for the 2016 you know Olympics um, as a taekwondo uh, you know member and uh, oh, so yeah I've I've you know some inkling of what that is like but I would love to know you know, what is a a typical, you know, routine for you in terms of swimming, in terms of training and tying that into what you would eat. Right. And then if you had learned about plant-based nutrition, Mm -hmm. how would have that been different in terms of, you know, your regimen and, you know, maybe like the outcomes?
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a great question. So yeah. So my training regimen and my nutrition regimen was what I thought was, I thought was fantastic at the time. But, uh, so it was wake up two hours, swim in the morning. I didn't typically, I I've never been somebody who likes to eat, um, prior to training. That's just how I always have been. And so I never really ate anything prior to my morning swim, but then after my morning swim, the first thing that I would have was a chocolate, um, milk with whey Mm. protein powder and yeah and so what i would do now is i would substitute that for a plant-based milk like a soy milk that's still organic soy milk that is at least higher in protein even an almond milk coconut milk whatever you have it just a plant-based milk um and mix it with a nice plant-based protein powder that's been third-party tested for heavy metals and mold and pesticides so Mm. that's what i would have changed right there because We know now that dairy contains quite a few different inflammatory uh, chemicals and compounds, right? So like, for instance, D-galactose, which we know promotes inflammation, higher in omega-6 polyunsaturated fatty acids, which definitely leads to more inflammation. And then we know that it's high in saturated fat, which is... Uh, which really leads to inflammation, right? And so, and also can constrict our arteries. And what we're really looking for after, a, especially after a solid training session, is to really have something that can just help dilate those blood vessels and really help allow for that efficiency of blood and oxygen to be delivered to our muscles that have been working so hard for the last couple hours. And so, unbeknownst to me, I was actually having something that was constricting arteries and creating more inflammation and all these different things. So that's definitely what I would have changed after my workouts. But breakfast was usually scrambled eggs with a side of toast and then a cappuccino with some whole milk in it. So now I would change it to a beautiful bowl of oatmeal where I can get that resistant starch and I can add in berries. I can add in seeds. I can add in nuts. I can can even add in like a nice plant-based protein powder if I want to. And so, I, there's so many beautiful things that you can add into a bowl of oatmeal. That's what I love about it. it—so so diverse. And so, for lunch it was about like it was a sandwich, turkey sandwich I, I used to have, and uh, like a granola bar, like one of those fiber one granola bars. And so, now I would create a Buddha bowl. I'd probably have some mm. beans. I'd have some rice. Probably some air fried tofu in there for protein. And then I usually love to make like a dressing out of like a nut butter, just to get some nice little fats in there. And so probably what I would have had in there and there you have it such a beautiful complex carbohydrate meal. And then, um, and that's the other thing too, about a plant-based diet that is just so beneficial for athletes, that glycogen storage, you're getting all that beautiful glucose from the plants, right? And that's our body's main source of energy. And so that that's such a, those two meals there, your oatmeal and then your Buddha bowl is just a great source of getting all those carbohydrates. And then, um, yeah. And then for dinner, um, I used to have pasta, but unfortunately I would. You know, I would mix in some sort of chicken or a sausage and I dump a bunch of cheese on there. <laughs> so, so, you know, now pasta is great. I love pasta, but I would probably would have picked, uh, you know, I, I think I was eating more of like a, I, I'm a fan of whole wheat actually. I love whole wheat pasta, um, but I, Personally, I've developed uh, gluten intolerance, so for me, I would switch it to more of like a brown rice pasta, or even like the chickpea pastas or black bean pastas that are a little bit higher in protein. Mm-hmm. So I would actually switch it to that, and then have a nice little pasta sauce alongside it. So that mm-hmm. would be the changes I would make. <laughs> Pretty much everything. Uh, I love it. I love, yeah. it. I love it. I
0: love it. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Colin Zhu. And have you ever wondered how to get started on the pathway for a healthier lifestyle? You're wondering, man, I've been hearing all about veganism and vegetarianism and becoming more whole food plant-based and you're just asking yourself, what is that? And how do I get started? Well, you're in luck. I just partnered with Listenable, and they are a audio lesson platform. You can get it on the App Store, and they're five-minute audio lessons where you can just take on-the-go Anywhere that you travel, whether you're commuting, you're grocery shopping, and you are cleaning up your house, Um, they're five minute audio lessons. And I partner with Listenable to create how to get started on a whole food plant based lifestyle. And I teach anywhere from how to navigate a supermarket, how to stock your fridge, your pantry, your freezer, how to go about your kitchen and what kind of utensils and supplies you need to get. Um, And we talk about the different food groups and overall, you know, we just wanna get started. It's an hour lesson and it's a great tool to put into your toolkit on how to get started on a whole food plant-based lifestyle. So, and if you go now to listmo.io, you can enter the code Colin and you can get 30% off a year on these audio courses, not just for mine, but also for anyone else's that are in the industry and it ranges from health to psychology again it's five minute courses and they're great and if you want to get healthier for this year um, i highly encourage that um, i always advocate uh, the people that i speak to my patients or clients to not just get healthier for themselves but also for the family for their significant other for their children so i encourage you to take a listen and thank you so much for listening and back to the episode welcome back to thrive bites let's get back to the interview but as you were talking about it I've noticed that you know when you uh, kind of um, you know talk about the, the 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 previous meals and then what you would have done to revamp it, what I picture in my head was there was a lot of, um, you know, colors, you know, when I try to distill this for patients, you know, I tell them eat the colors of the rainbow because Mm -hmm. of the phytonutrients, the antioxidants, you know, just a lot of things that just give us life, right, and go for different types of flavors and things like that. So as you were talking about how you originally ate and what you would have done differently, I I immediately noticed that oh, there's a lot of white, you know, in, you know, the original foods that she yeah. ate, right, the, the dairy, the eggs, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then you started, you started going on on how you would substitute it differently. And then I noticed that, oh, there's bursts of color, right? Yeah. And I find absolutely. that, you know, I don't know, from your clients, maybe you can share that we don't think about in as much in terms of simplicity that, you know, it's not that hard, right? It's just changing that shift of mindset. And if you just focus on colors, it actually makes it simpler for you to pick out stuff, right? It's like, oh, you know, let me search for colors instead of, you know, remembering what she said about, you know, uh, all these different macro and micronutrients, which are important to learn, right? But Mm -hmm. it's, you know, maybe we just strive for colors, right? Like how, how have you gone about, you know, uh, coaching your clients in that manner?
1: Absolutely. And I I love that tip. That's a tip that I also give my clients to um, just, I say, make the produce section your best friend. Seriously. Like when you walk into where wherever you love to shop, whole foods, Albertsons, Ralph's, whatever you have it from whatever part of the country you're in, just go to, straight to the produce section and just, Look at all the different colors, look at all the different vegetables, the fruits, and just start picking things out. Just start picking things out. And you believe it or not, like you don't have to make it stressful because when you get home and you create a meal, like if you're just chopping up like two to three different non starchy veggies and pair it with a starch and maybe a little protein source. I mean, there you have it as a perfect meal it's the easiest honestly being plant-based has got to be one of the easiest things in the world it's it's just it seems like it can be complicated at first because you're giving up so it feels like you're giving up so much at the time like I remember when I first transitioned I was like I was so harped on like what am I going to substitute the meat for like I have to find something to substitute it for so I was Mm -hmm. always using the transition meats at the beginning and then probably about six months into me being plant-based, I was like, oh, I don't need to be using these anymore. I can honestly just have like a bed, like I was just mentioning before the Buddha bowl, just like a bed of rice with maybe another starch and then some different veggies. And then, you know, there's so many things that you can just kind of whip together at a moment's notice. And so that's uh, the tip that you gave is actually a tip that I also give to my clients as well. And then Mm -hmm. another thing is, um, you know, depending on what their specific goals are, um, if they're if they are athletes or uh, you know really training, I do focus a bit on the macronutrients. I don't make it something that's stressful or that they, that needs to be harped on too much. But they do need that protein, the amino acids from the protein, to really help rebuild and restore the muscles that have been breaking down during the training session. And so I do tell them to just make sure you know at breakfast, lunch, and dinner have something that seems like it's a bit higher in protein. So for example, um, in your bowl of oats, you could have maybe a good plant based protein powder, like I mentioned before. I'm big into third-party testing, so many plant-based protein powders, since it's such a concentrated source and form of that pea protein, rice protein, it can t- it tends to contain heavy metals and pesticides, different things like that. Mm. So I always, uh, you know, I have, a, I have a list of good protein powders that I like that I know that have been third-party tested. So I say, okay, add that in there. Or if you don't want to add a protein powder, add some soy milk. There you go. Seeds, all those different things add up to adding protein. And then lunches and dinners, maybe we can add a little bit of organic tofu, organic tempeh, one of those high protein pastas that I talked about. That's the Mm -hmm. like Bonza pasta is great. They're chickpea pasta. I love them. Um, and then there's explore cuisine, which makes like a black bean pasta or, um, Mm -hmm. Uh, they also make like an edamame spaghetti, which is really delicious. And so there's all different kinds of ways, even nutritional yeast, if you like it, that has like three, four grams of protein a serving. So, you know, you can actually easily hit it. And once you get used to doing it throughout the day and you create like a routine, you don't even think about the protein aspect of it. You just, you just add it. Yeah.
0: Down. Yeah. I was about to say, I was like, you know, for, you know, for us that are not, um, I guess preparing for a athletic performance or competition or bodybuilding things like that. Um I try my best to tell my patients and clients to kind of stay away from counting, you know, anything. But, you yeah. know, would you say in terms of, you know, because you you have clients that are athletes, you know, is that is that, you know, more important to kind of count and then knowing where the sources or sources are or is it possible to say like okay, you know, I can skip the counting? and just focus on more of, you know, plant-based, you know, sources and be okay with that?
1: Yeah. So, um, that's a great question. And I think I'm going to answer it in two ways. So I think it really depends on what they're coming to me for. So if they're transitioning to a plant-based diet and they're an an athlete, I am absolutely not telling them to count anything. I actually never tell my clients to count anything. I, Mm -hmm. I say focus on just adding in like, so my way of looking at it as um, when you're adding a protein in, just add it, add a protein that's like the size of the palm of your hand. So that's what I say, I say, don't track, you don't need to track because that's just too complicated. <laughs> you can track if you want, but it's just uh, too many numbers. So I say just add something that's like the palm of your hand, right? So like, a, like some tofu that would fit in the palm of your hand or something like that, if that's what you're adding into your bootables. Now, for some so to go back, so someone transitioning, I say, well, we do need to probably add in a little bit more protein in the future if you are an athlete and all these different things. But since we're transitioning to plant-based, you just need to eat the colors. You need to just get in some more starches, things that are just this resistant starch and fiber, and that are going to really fuel your energy. And then for people that maybe have already been plant-based, but they're really looking to fine-tune, like they feel something's missing, then Mm. that could be the missing link potentially is that maybe it could be that protein. Maybe they're not eating enough fats, or maybe they're really not eating enough, enough like beautiful fiber sources maybe they're eating a lot of the um just like the the transition meats and different things like that right and so you know there's definitely different areas that we can look into and, and timing your uh, your carbohydrate protein source for after your uh, workout within like an hour you no know, different things like that there's all different things we can look at and time things up but absolutely i'd say bottom line just for everybody is just don't worry about it just focus on getting like the beautiful different sources yeah. in, and you're gonna have a well-balanced diet
0: so. Yeah. It is simpler um in that regard and I think it's uh To me, you also have to, you know, my journey with food is that you got to enjoy it. You got to have fun with it. And when you're not, you're missing out, you know, because food is, um, you know, it's different than alcohol and smoking where, you know, you can live without it, right? We can't live without food, um, but it's different where there's a lot of unhealthful sources as well. So, you know, it's important to be able to, you know, coach and counsel on, you know, These are the most helpful sources and here's Mm -hmm. why, but you don't necessarily need to count, you know, just depends on, you know, what you're coming in for. So, so I like that. I like that a lot. Um, you know, going forward to, you know, the next question is your chiropractic, you know, uh, practice, Mm -hmm. tell us, you know, what you're doing now, um, being that we're still in the pandemic, right. Um, you know, how is it, you know, different from other chiropractor services? Um, because it's a very, very, um, it's very necessary, um, you know, modality. Um, I always see these, you know, depending on where you are in the nation, um, I always see these, uh, uh these uh these stores um or these practices they kind of link chiropractic and and acupuncture you know together Mm -hmm. um and other types of modalities but how have you made yours you know different um and then uh you know how has you know adding on the plant-based nutritional uh part of it um enhanced it
1: yeah absolutely so yeah. So I'm definitely a bit unconventional when it comes to the chiropractic, uh, practice. So I do mobile chiropractic and so I treat patients in their homes. So I have my table that I luckily bought back in school because this, um, company actually went out of business, but they it's an amazing table, super comfy. So I bring that with me. It's just literally me, that table. And then I bring my truck and I just, I go and I treat patients in that orange County area. um, And so that's a bit different because obviously most chiropractors you're picturing in an office building, right? And they bring you back to their, you know, office and they treat you there on their table and everything like that. And so what I love about it was I started it because I had moved back from True North Health Center, which is in Northern California, so moved to Southern California. And, you know, I was thinking of different ways that I could integrate this chiropractic and you know, we're we still in the in the in the middle of the pandemic, and so I was like, well, you know, I don't know if I want to start an office right now in the middle of the pandemic, and so I was like, why don't I do mobile chiropractic? People probably feel safer; they don't have to leave their homes. I can come to them. You know, I'll wear a mask and make sure everything's good to go. And so, um, and that just really took off. And so. Yeah, people really do love to have someone actually just come to you and treat you there at their home. Who would have guessed? So <laughs> it worked out, and uh, yeah, so that's what I do. And um, and yeah, I I do always, I typically bring up the nutrition piece with my patients, and um, most of the time I can convince them to start eating more plants, and the difference is amazing. Because the funny thing is, you know, they're coming to me for chiropractic, not for nutrition. Yeah, so exactly. I always sneak it in. Um, but uh, so. Uh, it's amazing the difference you see when you, you're, you're decreasing the inflammation in the body through your food and the muscle work. Is, so I do a lot of the muscle work that I mentioned previously, and I can feel in the tissue how hydrated the tissue is, I can, or the muscle, the muscles mm-hmm. and the, everything. And the fascia, I can feel how hydrated it is, how you know elasticity. I mean, there's so many different factors that go into it. I can feel what's going on and how, like with my treatments, how much quicker they're recovering and well, sorry, that Mm. they're getting better faster as opposed Mm. to if they were eating more inflammation that's inhibiting that recovery process. So, Mm. um, and with adjustments as well, it just, it's amazing just with eating better that their adjustments, they hold, I mean, they're, they feel so much better. And then I don't have to spend as many sessions with them to Mm. treat whatever it is their issue was. And that's something, I also noticed when I was at True North Health Center, I remember Dr. Goldhammer saying, because I was always treating the patients that were water fasting. And he's like, just, just because he's a chiropractor. So he's like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, just, just you wait. Like when you start adjusting them, like it's, it's going to be the easiest adjustments you've ever done. And he wasn't kidding. <laughs> it was like no inflammation in the body when they're water fasting. So it was absolutely amazing when there. So that really opened up my eyes to that too, with just seeing with yeah. the, the work I was doing there with the nutrition and the fasting and then coming here and then integrating that here. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's a, a very interesting point. And, um, you know, because I'm an, o- an osteopath, you know, um, I've described it a little bit on the show um, before another um, interviews is where, you know, we also place our hands and, you know, we're able to diagnose and treat and stuff like that. So there is a certain level of sensitivity that you learn over the years through your clinical experience. And so can you describe to us, you know, what does that mean in terms of, you know, when you start doing your chiropractic care? Hair, um, with or without that added in plant-based nutrition? Like how does the tissues actually feel, right? And if you can cite that example of, you know, when you had those patients at, you know, that water fasted, you know, how, you know, what did it feel under your hands um, if someone, did not receive that, um, I guess, uh, you know, the foods that they ate at True North Mm -hmm. or the plant-based education, and then, you know, inevitably incorporating that into that system. Like, how does that feel under your fingers?
1: Yeah, I love this question. So um, typically when tissue feels hydrated, it has this sort of plump feeling. It doesn't Mm. feel rigid. And then also too, I can usually tell by placing my hands on whatever structure it is that they're you know, having issues with, let's say it's their arm or something, right? I can usually tell by feeling the tissue, maybe how long or potentially how inflamed they are by just the actual texture of the tissue too. So sometimes if it's been like super chronic, it can feel like really, really leathery, um, inflamed and chronic. I can usually feel like it kind of feels stringy and leathery. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, when it feels really, you know, solid and everything's good to go, I don't feel any of those adhesions. I don't feel any of those bumps. It just feels very mm. smooth, and it feels like when as I'm moving through the uh, process that I do with the active release technique and releasing the tissues, it's responding really well. So I don't mm. have to do as many passes on the structure. I feel like I can usually do between three to five passes on breaking up everything and just really uh, like elongating the muscle. Now, when um, so, but when someone is a little bit more inflamed or they're not eating, you know, a plant based diet or Um, you know, maybe they're really stressed, you know, any sort of toxins that are entering their body in any different way. Um, it will usually take a lot longer to kind of get through everything and I'll usually have to do more sessions. And so that leathery feel, it won't go away in the first session. I'll really, it like takes a while to kind of break things up. And then, yeah. so when I was at true North, yeah, I noticed immediately. So it was, it would be pretty amazing because, you know, I would treat people when they first came and they were maybe just starting to eat. The food, and then they'd go into mm-hmm. their water fast a few days later, and so mm-hmm. you know they were coming off of eating dairy and meat and different things like that. So I could really feel like you know the inflammation in our body, like I was saying with the tissue structure, and then as they were going through the just even the eating, but the, when they were water fasting, oh my gosh, it was like night and day. Like just the tissue, everything just felt plump. It felt hydrated. Mm. It felt smooth. It, that leathery feel started to kind of go away, and so yeah, those were kind of the changes that I noticed, and I that was what was really Exciting me when I was there because I was seeing firsthand the inflammation decrease so dramatically at that center. And so that's what really fueled me to really also want to take not just my chiropractic practice down to Southern California, but to integrate the plant based nutrition with it.
0: Though so. that's awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, like for me, I geek out because I'm a DO, right? So right. <laughs> and, and so like you would understand. Um, because yeah. it's different. It's it's hard to it's hard to share that kind of experience if you're not really a practitioner yourself, right? Um, and it makes a big difference, you know. I totally. you know the very first, you know, class um, you know, in school for me was you know, understanding the physical applications of what it feels like you know, for, for acute and chronic inflammation, there was a Mm -hmm. clear difference, you know, versus, you know, someone that comes in with an acute injury versus someone that comes in with something more chronic. And so Mm -hmm. I love the way you know, you, you kind of share that part of it, um, you know, as well. So, um, you know, moving right along, um, you. you know, what was your top three experiences or takeaways? Um, you know, from your true North, you know, residency, that's a very, very, you know, like you said, atypical, very unique experience. Um, I think it changes the game, especially for anyone, you know, you know, but for someone yourself, that's able to kind of apply it in the way you have, you know, is really, really, um, you know, game-changing and uh, groundbreaking. So what was your, you know, for those that are not as familiar, you know, about the true North, um, uh, experience, you know, what were your three top takeaways for someone that interned there? You know, under the auspices of <laughs> Dr. Golhamer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I'll just I'll quickly explain too, just a little bit about True North. I know we touched on That it's a water fasting facility, but yeah, so it's it's an amazing facility. So and when people go there to fast or to go stay there, they. Not everybody, I would say probably 90% of the patients that actually go check in there are water fasting, but the other 10% actually will just go just to eat the food, just to get away from um, the temptations of, you know, whatever society is placing upon them, whether it's their family or their work or anything like that, um, just to go and eat the food that's plant-based, all salt, oil, sugar-free. And so um, you mentioned Ramsey Bravo, he's a head chef there and the other chefs are absolutely fantastic too. And they're working so hard every day to create, it's, there's a dining hall there then they're creating the most amazing food. There's like a raw salad bar and then they have the hot section and it's open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it's fantastic. So, so yeah. So, but for the water fasting piece, patients are fasting anywhere between three to 40 days. We never go past 40 days. Um, And then, you know, there's different types of fasts too. So most people are doing the water fast, which is strict abstinence from anything but pure water. Now, if, you know, they're starting to feel a little bit, you know, cause you know, you get some detox symptoms so you can feel a little bit lightheaded some fatigue, but you're still feeling fine. We might provide like a little veggie broth, which doesn't break your ketosis at all. Um, But typically people are water fasting. We also have juice fasting too. So it really Mm. depends on the type of case that's going in there. But I will say that a few of my takeaways were, I will never forget this statistic, but it's um, 80% of your body's energy goes towards digesting food. So when you take that food away and you just allow your body that complete rest, Mm. the Your body can use so much of that energy that it's using normally just to digest your food to actually healing whatever it is that you might be dealing with. And so Mm. that was probably, I get goosebumps when I think about it, because that was probably the most amazing thing that I had heard when I was there. And that was, I heard that within my first few weeks and I saw it. I mean, I saw Mm. people just, you could see the difference. And when they checked in, like even just their like before and after photos, like, you know, when they're checking in, when they check in, we have a picture of them so we can face to the name. And then when they're leaving, they're—I mean—they're brighter, they're happier. I mean, you can just see like this weight's been lifted off their shoulder, and so that was probably one of my biggest takeaways was that one. Um, And then second and third, I mean, probably just um, you know the different types of conditions that I saw that were healed. So um, I mean, autoimmune conditions, which we know are on the rise nowadays from different toxins and food and et cetera. um, Usually with water fasting, you could see it go into remission after about three weeks. So um, that was a pretty, pretty amazing thing to see when we were, when I was there, not everybody, right. Everyone's journey is a little bit different, but on average that was the recommendation for patients that had autoimmune conditions. And, um, and that was absolutely amazing to see as well, because a lot of people have been dealing with that for such a long period of time. And then also the third one was just strictly diet related, um, conditions such as your type two diabetes and your hypertension and different things like that, we're seeing those go under control sometimes within three days of water fasting. I mean, it was just amazing because you're just getting rid of the sodium, the salt, and then you're getting rid of the uh, saturated fat and you're getting rid of, you know, the load that's going on the body with the eating, the conventional standard American diet. So that was really amazing too. So I'd say, on top of just the healing, it was just seeing people with all these different conditions go into True North and then leave, um, mostly resolved was just absolutely amazing. It was really humbling too, because, um, you know, it's not easy to undergo water fast. I did five days when I was there before I left. And, Mm -hmm. um, for me, it was, it was the hardest five days of my life. And I Mm -hmm. was amazed too, because I would go in to see, I, I rounded on hundreds of patients and, Um, you know, that were fasting for 40 days and they, I mean, you know, they were just, they, it didn't seem like they were struggling. Like it's amazing after you get past like the fifth day, usually you're out of, you're not as hungry, you're not as agitated and things like that. And so, um, you know, I, I, I only did five days. So, you know, I was kind of good. I, if I probably got a six day, maybe I would have felt better,
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: but um, yeah. So it was also just really humbling just seeing all the different patients that were there. And then they were just, they were there for a purpose. So they were going to complete their water fast no matter what, and then heal and heal up and then continue eating a plant-based diet after they left. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's amazing. Because, um, yeah, personally, for me, I uh, haven't done more than 72 hours. And uh, it's, it, everyone's different. But, you know, that, you know, that point of you can't do this anymore, and you just want to grab something kind of goes away. Uh, for me, it was after 72 hours. Um, it just goes away. You don't have those you know, those actual hunger, you know, and a lot of it, what I've learned, um, I studied the work of uh, Dr. Jason Fung uh, a lot. Mm, um, And he talks about it, how, you know, it's, it's not so much actual hunger as it is about, you know, a behavior, you know, trigger, you know, we're conditioned to, you know, eat, at breakfast, yeah. lunch, and dinner. And then when you actually, you know, go through it, it's not actual true hunger, you know, per se, you know, because he says that we're either one of two states, you know, we're either in a fed state, or we're in a fasting state, you know, we're not the in between. Um, so that was really enlightening, you know, for me. Um, and I'm sure we can dedicate a whole episode just on fasting, uh, because it's such a popular thing. And but it's not a new concept, because fasting has been oh, know. you know going on for like, you know pretty much like since you i know, know man <laughs> forever <laughs> you know, i know yeah. <laughs> so. yeah yeah and
1: well i i love real quick what you said there about the behavioral aspect because that is very true now because when you're at true north health center every most people are fasting so you're used to just sitting with the people that are fasting you know so it, it's easy to I, I, I find it because I fasted here as well. And I did 72 hours here by myself. And so um, I found it harder than when I was there checked into a room having people check in on me, right? Because I, yeah. I, I was here next to my kitchen. And yeah. I could see you're the food, staring at like, everything. Oh. I'm staring at everything. I'm still doing some work. And you know, so it's like my normal schedule. And then I'm like, Oh, okay, well, it's normally lunchtime right now. And I you know, I'm not eating. I'm hungry. But when you're there, you're checked into a room, everyone else is doing the same thing. You're kind of in this like sense of like, it's, it's just a very peaceful space. And so you kind of forget that you are, you know, fasting, I suppose. Right. And mm-hmm. so I think it is a little bit easier when you're there because you're not like, you know, everyone's just doing the same thing. <laughs> so,
0: I think my sister, yeah. when she, my sister, what she does is that she goes on YouTube and watches other people eat. Um, uh, and that, oh and that helps her like, you know, satiate it, you know, um, uh, but she'll watch like Fair anyone, anyone eats, you know, like the <laughs> like so the, the mukbang, uh the mukbang videos where they just like you know, this, uh, it's like this, um, a different version of ASMR and, uh, you know, she just watches other people eat, you know, all this crazy stuff. And she's like, I'm glad that's not going into my system.
1: (laughs) I would, uh, the patients at true North, they would also, uh, a lot of them would watch like cooking channels. I could, I personally can't do that when I'm fasting, but, um, yeah, it's amazing. Some, whatever, you know, everyone has something else that has something that helps them get through it. So
0: (laughs) yeah, 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 for sure. Um, So we're coming up to a close and I have a couple of questions left. And, uh, you know, in addition to your practice, you, you know, have this wellness practice as well. And, um, you know, you advocate for and you also advocate for your patients and clients, you know, low toxic living. Can you Mm -hmm. define what that means and how important, you know, is that in the world we're living in currently?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we're we're surrounded by a lot of different toxins in the environment right and when i'm saying toxins i'm just um referring to all different types of chemicals that could be like man made not man made different things like that and so um in our environment currently there's about 84,000 different chemicals that have been registered by the EPA and now only about i believe it's like only a few hundred of them are actually have been studied for like what their health effects are so there's mm. thousands of different different chemicals that we don't even know what the cause could be, uh, what, mm-hmm. what could be, what they could be contributing to our overall health. Now we know a lot of these toxins. Like for example, I will talk about uh, BPA, which we all know is found in plastic. I've, most people have heard of BPA, right? So that's a pretty easy one to chat about. But we know now from different studies that had, has been shown to potentially uh, be indicated with um, like weight gain, inhibiting potentials for weight loss, insulin resistance, and different things like that. And other different chemicals too have been shown to be contributing to different um, types of things like the diabetes and potentially feeling fatigue and, um, you know, all different types of like skin conditions because we're putting a lot of these chemicals that are found in our personal care products, right, we're putting them directly onto our skin, they're getting absorbed into our body. Animal products, right? With environmental toxins, the pesticides, and all these different things that are found in our in like the produce. Sorry, in the um, the feed that they're eating, right? Or like in the environment that they're surrounded by, right? It gets absorbed into their body, and then that's why actually animal products. It's another reason I advocate for a plant-based diet, not just for Mm -hmm. the antioxidant effect of it, but also because when it comes to meat and dairy and those different things, you're actually exposing yourself to so many different environmental toxins as well, and so. Yeah. So I'm just basically when I'm saying low toxin living, I'm saying just being a little bit more aware of potentially the different toxins that are found in maybe personal care products and the cleaning supplies that you're using. I mean, they're Mm. found in so many different things, right? So usually what I do with my clients is I have a step-by-step process for slowly removing them out and then maybe adding in a switch uh, in, right? So for example, with cleaning supplies, right? Like Clorox can be pretty, pretty harsh to the system. And so I'll advocate for okay. Well, we don't have to, there's no need to buy some expensive, uh, you know, swap. Why don't we just start with vinegar and water, right? There's different things that we can do to make it less um, expensive because there are going to be those toxin switches that are a little bit more pricey. And so I'll say, okay, for example, um, if you didn't want to invest in an air purifier, which not everyone needs to, but let's focus on making sure that the internal environment in your home is a little bit cleaner. So, for example, Indoor air is five to seven times more toxic than outdoor air. So I'll say, okay, well, how about then focus on vacuuming, wet dusting. Let's not wear your shoes into the home, right? Tracking things in from the outside. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe switch from using air fresheners and candles and things like that that can emit some different toxins into the air and Mm -hmm. just maybe throw those out. And then the cleaning supplies, right, those things get absorbed into the air. So all different easy, easy ways to really implement it and not having to, you know, um, spend money on something super expensive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, I was thinking, thinking tracking shoes and I'm, I was thinking I'm already Asian. We, we do this naturally. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it it just baffles me. I was like, how do people, I, I, you know, obviously it's a cultural thing, right. But I I just can't think of why do people bring in stuff from the outside into the home? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, But yeah, it's super, super important. I I totally agree with what you're saying. And, you know, just uh, I'm a big, uh, you know, ocean advocate as well. And, you know, just this recent, I think it was, um, I don't know if it's on a New York times or forget which one it was, but how, you know, they're discovering more and more and more microplastics, um, you know, I reaching know. to, you know, the deepest part of the ocean, right? Um, that's and sad. that's really sad. That's uh, really and sad. I and you know, we we know enough, you know, just from you know, nutritional speaking that, you know, we don't need stuff, you know, from mm-hmm. the seafood, you know, to kind of add into ourselves. But we don't talk yeah. about as much. Toxins, right? Like the heavy metals, the plastics, the trash, right? That's mm-hmm. in the waters now, right? And this is even aside from talking about overfishing and "quote unquote" sustainable seafood, right? Um, so that's a that's another episode. <laughs> oh, I know
1: microplastics. We can talk about microplastics forever. It's cr- it's yeah. it's really crazy, and yeah, hundred percent agree with you when it comes to the ocean. It's I'm such a big advocate for it too, and it's like you know, you don't need the fish, you don't need to be eating the seafood. But on top of that, like what they're absorbing what's in their system, the microplastics, the mercury, the heavy metals, things like that, it's just you don't like that's just another reason to not even consume it anyways, just because of how, you know, sadly enough, how Polluted our ocean is. So, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. um, you know, I definitely want to come to a close. Uh, my favorite question to ask my guests yeah. is how do you personally thrive in your own uh, life? This is a podcast about creating a thriving mindset. So, what is it mm-hmm. about, you know, your do you have a daily ritual or a morning routine mm-hmm. or something that you do, you know, daily to kind of keep you going, keep you, you know, getting out of the bed, you know, every single day, keep you, keep the fire burning? Like, like what is that for, you know, mm-hmm. Dr. Stephanie?
1: Yeah, 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 this is a good question. So, um, all right, so this is what my morning routine looks like. Um, obviously, aside from eating all the plants and moving my body and different things like that, right? Things that are, we all know are good for us. Um, so, as soon as I wake up in the morning, I actually, the first thing I do is I express gratitude. So, I find something, you know, that might be the first thing that pops into my mind that I am really grateful for, whether it's just for a new day or whether it's for my body, for my healthy body. Because, you know, I have, I personally, and this is probably could be another podcast episode, I've personally gone through different health things as well. And so, um, which I think helps me really relate to a lot of my clients too. I've kind of been there with a lot of different um um, you know, sicknesses and things like that. And so I really am grateful. I I wake up every day, just grateful that I have the help to get out of bed and to be able to move my body and to be able to put great food into my body and to just live and to be able to help people. So that's the first thing I do. I always express gratitude. And then the second thing I do is when I get out of bed, uh, I drink about like 12 ounces of water because you naturally can get dehydrated just from laying around for eight to 10 hours every night. So I always drink a little bit of water And then i actually go into doing a few rounds of sun salutations so um i like to move my body because um after you've been sitting oh sorry laying around for eight hours your lymphatic system which is our body's secondary sort of like garbage disposal system and can remove Mm -hmm. toxins and different things from our body actually becomes stagnant because the lymphatic system they don't move from you know like the heart pumping blood they move from muscle contraction right and so moving the body immediately after getting out of bed can be really helpful and just get things moving along. So I actually just do a few rounds of that. And then I'll start to sit down and then I make, uh, I love coffee. I, I have one cup of coffee a day. And so, yeah, so I just, that's my ritual. I make a nice cup of coffee. I have a whole set system set up here where it's like my coffee bean. I grind it, tamp it espresso, and I mix it with some almond milk and it's delicious. And then I just make a nice bowl of oatmeal and then I start my day. So it's nothing awesome. super awesome. big. Um, That's what I do. And I usually find some time later in the day to meditate about like 10 to 20 minutes a day, just to, it's really important to kind of, like we were mentioning before this society now, there's so much stress in the world and all these different things. And so I think finding even five minutes a day for anybody just to do a guided meditation, some breath work, anything, place your body into that parasympathetic state where we heal our best. Um, Super important. So that's yeah, pretty
0: much sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. And I think it's important to kind of, you know, for those that are listening, kind of take, you know, what works for you and what resonates for you and to put it it's into important. your own individual, you know, process, system, practice. Um, and as long as it works for you, that's the most important thing. So, um, so Dr. Stephanie, thank you so much. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you so much for, uh, taking the time out, you know, to be here showing up, um, you know, serving the world the way you do. We really, really appreciate it. If um, others are interested in reaching out, um, you know, finding your services, you know, trying to get that uh, mobile chiropractic care on, mm-hmm. um, how how can they, uh, you know, find you and reach out to you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can go to my website at www.stephaniepeacock.com. That's where you can fill out an online consultation form just for the mobile chiropractic. And also too, that's where if you're interested in working one on one for plant based nutrition, low toxin living, etc. I also have it there where you can book a free 15 minute consult. That way I can actually chat with you and we can discuss your goals and see if we are a good fit to work together. Um, And then also on Instagram, I'm always posting stuff, just different tips and things like that. And um, my Instagram handle is at WFPB underscore doctor, and that's for whole food plant based doctor. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, that's where you can find me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So, definitely check that out. We'll put that into the show notes uh, when this Great. airs. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Stephanie. We really appreciate it. Um, uh-huh. Obviously, you've accomplished a lot in your life, and, uh, you know, it sounds like it's just the beginning, and we're really, really excited, you know, to uh, to be part of that journey.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Colin. I so appreciate you having me on the podcast. It was great connecting and getting to chat with you and everything. So I appreciate it.
0: (laughs) Thank you so, so much. We appreciate it too. Guys, um, thank you so much for watching another episode. If you like this, please uh, like, comment and subscribe. And if you feel that this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know as well. And until the next time, please say goodbye to Dr. Stephanie. (laughs) Bye, everybody. (laughs) Hey guys, thank you so much for watching that episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you like this, please like, follow, and subscribe. And please follow us for the latest updates for this season, season five. And if you feel that this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know. And please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and YouTube. And thank you so much again, and we will see you on the next one.